Welcome to the Real Presence, Real Future podcast, a podcast dedicated to increasing the presence of Christ throughout the Diocese of Columbus through the values of boldness, collaboration, joy, humility, and active listening. I'm Father Mike Archie, and today my guest is Father Bob, pastor of St. Brendan's and one of our regional Episcopal vicars. Father, thanks again for being with me. Always good to be here. Father, let's start us off with our um, prayer for mission renewal. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our Father, we entrust real presence, real future to your providence. Through your Holy Spirit, inspire us for mission and evangelization. Make us disciples after the heart of your Son. In times of uncertainty, grant firm resolve. When we're unsettled, provide peace. When we're timid, make us courageous. With our ears, may we hear your promptings. With our eyes, may we see your handiwork. With our mouths, may we share the gospel. And with our hands, may we serve you. Replace our hesitation with holy enthusiasm so that in drawing strength from the Eucharist, every endeavor of ours may be for your glory. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Father, so as anyone who is listening to our podcast, and I get a lot of good feedback from these podcasts, yeah. and uh, I think it's mostly because of the guests. <laughs> so, but anyone who be like listening to to these with any regularity knows that we're we're like yeah, that's the the basis of this is to really talk about the things that are going on in in real presence, real future. So we've been mixing in, you know, evangelization things and, and all this is parish restructuring things, kind of depending on kind of where where we are. We're at a pretty key moment right now. We're right in the middle of uh, and towards the end now of our key parish leader meetings that we're having for, for these sort of March sessions, widening that circle, uh, showing people the second round of, of draft models. And we just keep emphasizing draft models with this. Um, those have been pretty interesting. They have. I, I think it's exciting to see both the further fervor and the energy that people yeah. have and are bringing to this process. It's not an easy process. It's a yeah. difficult process. But um, the meetings we've had have just been really great meetings, meeting with the five key leaders and some of the pastors and deacons yeah. has been really beneficial for us. The people have obviously been paying attention. Like, There's no doubt. So the key leaders, too... They, they were sent some some pre-reading materials, and a lot of that was, you remember the models from the fall, and then it was kind of what we kind of worked up, even since our, our priest meeting, of just um, not changing the second round of drafts, but revising it in a, in a way that, that I think is palatable for people, in a way that helps them understand what we're talking about when, when we uh, talk about models. And they come ready to engage, and I'm really happy to see that, because that's, that's what we need at this point. It's just engagement from, from people. Uh, what do you? Um, well, I don't know. What have you seen has has been far some of the the most you know fruits of that with with people's engagement? We've we've had a lot of good, colorful question and answer periods and, and comments and, right. and stuff. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything from that that sticks out to you the most um, from people's I, concerns or things like that or questions or hopes? I think one of the things that most strikes me about these meetings is the fact that there is an underlying recognition that we are at a watershed moment where. For the sake of the future of the diocese, we have to be willing to do something. We may not all completely yeah. agree on what should be done. We need to continue to discern that with others. But we all recognize that the structures that we have can no longer support the evangelization that we need to do. Good, yeah. And that's so important. And and it is. It's so important. That's And that's what gives people a lot of hope. That's what people want right. to talk about right now. And, and unfortunately, wait, we just... We have to kind of sit here in in the grief of knowing that we got to talk about, you know, do we have too many 
churches right. in our diocese. Um, because it's so spread out, you think if you just spread them out a little bit more than we wouldn't. I mean, but but yeah, the where where they are now, the the kind of the high concentration of some parishes, and then like this low number of, of priests that we expect to have to to serve us, um, it's a problem, and it's got to be uh, talked about. And and this is the this is the point of that, just to get people to to be engaged in that conversation. Um, I think that'll be that will bear good fruit in itself. Uh, it's going to be a little messy because yeah. dramatic change is always yeah. a little messy, and we have to be patient and loving with one another. But I think that as we go through that messiness together and more parishioners engage, that can only be beneficial. You know, in the DMI survey at the very beginning, we know we had about five percent of the parishioners yeah. in the pews. Yeah. regularly at this point on a Sunday morning, who participated, and the majority right. of those were older. And uh, their input and their knowledge of their parishes is incredibly important. Right. But we need more than just 5%. Right. We need an engagement across the board, and especially among young adults. I yeah. was talking to a young adult last night and really uh, encouraging him and, and stressing to him the importance of young adults also taking an interest in this process. Um, Their careers and their vocations might take them in all sorts of different places in the future, but this is where God has put them now. And it's really important that they also engage with this process and bring their wisdom and their dreams and their thoughts about what we could be as a community of faith yeah. in the future to the fore. Yeah, that's that's a that's, a, that's critical to stress. And and you're right. So with five percent of people responding to those those like the fall feedback, with and 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 they wanted more specificity. You know, so they were saying, you know, well, tell us what you mean with with mergers, and tell us what you mean with uh, collaboration and stuff. Because you know, I might answer you know differently on some of these when we gave them some of these options in, in the fall. And so we we really wanted to to respond to that, not with like a bunch of different options, but just like here's here's a it's a, a draft model of kind of what we're thinking, what we're talking about. And we didn't present option you know one, two, and three. Partly, I mean, people were kind of answering, well, I like option one better than option two, and that's fine, and that helped us a little bit, but we wanted more response than that, more than just like picking from option one and two, because it's not just option one and two. Right. So we kind of just laid out for, for every parish, here's one model, but it's not the final model. you know. And, and so it's, it, we got to just help people understand that, that while it's only one thing that we're showing you this time— there's there's still a lot of possibilities on the table for that. And with that specificity, I hope that we get more of that involvement from the youth, like you were saying, from the young adults. If we got 5% of people responding and you know 70% of them were over the age of 55, I think when it uh, you know they, when people see what we've what we've kind of put together for the second round, I, I think people are really gonna, pay more attention, I, I hope, from these different ages, age groups and, and really get involved. Yeah, so do I. And I think if we can, you know, if we can get people to engage with this process, then all it will produce is more fruit. It's, yeah. it's as I said before, it's, it's not easy and it's painful. Pruning is always yeah. difficult. Yeah. One person at one of the meetings uh, was talking very passionately about, you know, th- we're treating the church almost as if it's a business, mm. and this is a reduction mm. in offices right. and things like that. And my response to that at the time was to say, I, I understand where that might be coming from because we're dealing in these meetings with right. structural issues. But the reality is a little different, and that is that we are actively 
pruning back a large rose bush. Yeah, to, yeah, that's so good. that the yeah. plant itself, in all of its branches, can have more vigor and more yeah. life. And it's the vigor and the life that we're aiming to get to. The growth right. of the diocese, the growth of faith, the growth of um, the whole real presence initiative, really, in the evangelization right. initiative. But to do that, there, you know, as Christians, we know there is never a victory without some sense of sacrifice. Right. You're right. And and yeah. and, and it, that's that's a hard for it's still yeah. a hard concept yeah, for us to, to do because it's it's easy when we talk about it or offer it in our prayers, but it's harder to live it. So speaking of that too, a concern for people was uh, schools. They wanted to hear more right. about schools. And uh, and there was there was a lot of concern when when we included schools in, in recommendations, what is this going to do to my school next year? Right. And in so many of these cases, we are very far from you know, some schools might be ready, more ready than others. We just have to admit, be just with the the, the health of, of the school. But there's some healthy schools that we've recommended some some significant bold yeah. things for. Again, just recommended. So, yeah, what do you think about that? Is that are, are we worried about it? it um, I don't know, decreasing in enrollment like right away. I I, I hope not. I because this is years away. Right. So uh, there was certainly a lot of passion at last meet our last yeah, meeting yeah. on that. And, uh, and I think some of the people who were making comments who were parents of children in the school, people who were concerned about enrollment in the school for next year, understandably were very, very passionate. Right. Um, there may be a few instances where just the financial logistics, for example, alone, or if a school is struggling so much with enrollment, it's no longer viable that Dr. Default might have to make a different set of decisions for sure. those schools. But... And as in all of this, we are looking at a three to five, right. and in some cases, even longer range planning. Right. And so I think anybody who wants to enroll their child in a Catholic school in the Diocese of Columbus uh, for next year should go ahead and do it. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. I don't think any of us are looking at making that type of immediate decision. If we have a bishop by then, please God, uh, in yeah. the summer, I very strongly doubt that any new bishop would come in and the first thing he would do is to start closing schools. Right. So it's going to be a listening process and a learning process for all of us. And in the meantime, we carry on as we always have, investing our, in Catholic right. education, investing in our children. And that's a good point. As we, and we stress that in these meetings, we don't have a bishop. Right. We don't know when we're going to have a bishop. It'd be great if we have him in the summer or in the spring or now. Yeah. We just we just don't. And, and, and yet... You know the 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 trends are what they are, so we have to talk about this. But we're not going to come to any kind of conclusions anytime soon. You know, it's gonna it's it's months away at the very least, and then whenever a, a you know a new bishop does come, you know, I fully expect uh, he would. I would be shocked if he didn't. That if he didn't go around the diocese, study right. these things, get to know people as much as possible, six months or a year, or whatever. The so. difference I think for us at the moment is that we are trying to put together. And we need the help of everybody in this. We are trying to put together recommendations and possibilities that should a new bishop come in, in his first or second year, if there was a significant problem, either there was no priest to send Mm -hmm. to a parish, or the parish was financially in a position where it was um, decreasing dramatically, Mm -hmm. or the structure of the building uh, we had yeah. that in Utica, you know, where the structure yeah, of the building sure, suddenly sure. was condemned, that the bishop might have to make a more immediate decision. He will at least have a series of reflect, reflections and thoughts, 
and some recommendations that he can sit down with the local community and say, okay, here are the recommendations for this right. community. Should we now go ahead and implement them because of where we are? Right. right. But that doesn't mean to say we're just going to snap our fingers and make it happen. We got a lot of work ahead of us. Yep, we do. Thanks, for, uh, Father Bob. Thanks for joining me on the Real Presence, Real Future podcast. You can enjoy today's episode on the Diocese of Columbus YouTube feed or listen to the podcast on stgabrielreader.com and anywhere podcasts are offered. Until next time.